Welcome to the Kuppinger Coal Analyst Chat. I'm your host. My name is Matthias Reinwart. I'm an analyst and advisor at Kuppinger Coal Analysts. In each edition of this analyst chat, I have one guest joining me, often a fellow analyst or another interesting partner, and we have a 15 minutes or so chat around current topics. My guest today is Christopher Schütze. He is Director of Practice Cybersecurity at Kuppinger Coal Analysts. Hi, Christopher. Hi, Matthias, and thank you for inviting me again. Yeah, great to have you. And this actually can be considered as a, a third episode in a series of episodes that we started with two episodes together with Graham Williamson from our Asia-Pacific team. And he talked about how to make identity and access management projects more successful. His focus was on solution architecture in the first podcast that we did together. And the second one was about successful IAM project management. We, Christopher and I, today want to talk about IAM processes. So the overall landscape of processes that are required as a whole to make an IAM project and in the future then an IAM operations more successful. What do you think, um, Christopher, is the key starting point when thinking of successful IAM processes? The first thing really is uh, that you do not think about a uh, single system, for instance, for getting information about your identity, which permissions or entitlements you have. You need something like an overall uh, process framework, which really covers all topics related to identity and access management because uh, therefore you can reuse uh, some processes. Uh, you have specific processes for specific areas like IGA or uh, access federation or for sure privileged access management. And you can use the same uh, processes for things like application onboarding, for instance, or for IAM management and some generic processes like SOD management, risk management, and uh, some standard processes for approval. So that means that IAM should also always be considered as something that is well embedded into an overall, on the one hand, cybersecurity process framework, but also in yeah, the at the end of the day into the business process landscape as well. Yep, for sure. And um, just think about one of our other podcasts is about the identity fabric. And uh, the identity fabric is also covering not only identity lifecycle topic, the identity fabric also covers federation topics and privilege access management topic. And the same thing is uh, with processes. You have to think as an overall architecture, um, as a central point for processes, this really helps you to improve the process quality a lot. Okay, that's understood from my side. When we then think of these IAM processes, what would you think are real specific IAM processes that are adding to the overall landscape of processes? So which, which are really native IAM process aspects to look at? Uh, for sure, uh, the, the classic uh, joiner mover lever processes, um, so the identity lifecycle management processes. New employees start to work, employees uh, move within the organization, have maturity leave or leave the organization. This is for internals, but maybe also for externals. And therefore, these processes for joiner mover lever are the most essential thing. 
But for sure, and this is the thing uh, very often underestimated, you also need uh, good processes for access requests and for approval. So requesting new access to systems, to uh, folders, to shares, to a team space, and uh, some corresponding approval workflows behind that, maybe by the responsible person or your manager. And then for sure, uh, you need processes for access review, um, maybe once a year or twice a year, that uh, someone who is responsible, again, maybe your manager, has a look at your entitlements, uh, if you still need them or if they can be removed. Maybe you are not longer in a specific project working and then it can be removed. And a thing we, we very often see in um, advisory uh, that is missing is some good and some integrated model management, for instance, for roles or for business roles or for entitlements in general. Because target systems, which are integrated into an IGA solution, are complex. They change very often. Uh, their internal model changes and you need processes to cover that, to integrate them into the IGA solution and to enable managers or responsible persons to request entitlements, to maintain entitlements and understand what the specific, for instance, description of a role means. So not a technical uh, description like an SAP uh, technical role, so more an understandable description of what does this set of entitlements mean for me. Right. And I think um, you've mentioned before the identity lifecycle management. Um, we usually also recommend that there is a role lifecycle management and role ownership so that you, on the one hand, always know who's responsible for a single role and what, how it is composed and that this person, a real life person, uh, can change over time as well so that there's always somebody um, in the position to understand what this role is for, uh, who is the owner, who is the um, approver for such a role, and who is uh, capable of, of adjusting the role over time when embedded entitlements change. Exactly. And uh, this is mainly covered or should be covered uh, if you think about the process framework um, in the mover process. So if I'm responsible for a role, for a business unit, for an organization, for approval, for um, access reviews, um, the mover process must be designed in that way that if I move my position, maybe an uh, recertification or something like that is started by my manager and it is checked are I'm still responsible for that or uh, is there a need for a change in the process chain for responsibility and this is a really important and essential part and uh, especially the mover process is uh, one of the most complex processes we have in uh, IGA or at the end for the whole IIM process framework. Right. Okay. So if we then move one step further, this was IGA being composed of model management, identity lifecycle management, access request and approval and access review. What else would you consider within a, a good, a well-designed IAM process framework? For sure, everything around privileged access management, things like uh, the management or processes for the management of credentials. So for instance, for technical accounts, that it is uh, frequently uh, changed or rotated or things like that. 
Therefore, you need uh, processes. You need processes for deliver the initial credentials the first time to and this is more the integration into the general processes like application onboarding, you need to integrate them. Right. Okay. And there's another series of podcast episodes that I do together with, with Paul Fisher, our colleague from London, and that will cover PAM in more detail. So there will also be a, an episode about the PAM processes, I'm, I'm quite sure. Okay, we have IGA, we have we have PAM. What else should we think of? Oh, this uh, didn't cover the whole PAM topic for sure. We also have uh, three other important areas like uh, session management. So who is able to review a session if one accessed a uh, privileged function in one of the systems? This is an important thing, especially when talking about GDPR requirements. And then for sure we need um, integration processes so, for instance, into a CM solution, um, maybe if PUM specific attributes, informations about a login processes, process or behavior of a user should be integrated into a CM system. Or for sure, the, the integration into an IAM system that maybe the request for um, privileged access is managed by the IGA solution, or at least I can see in the IGA solution which privilege accesses I had at which point in time. And besides that, we have for sure the extended capabilities like things for cloud development for those technical users. A digital business makes sure that we need to cooperate with other organizations, which of course, in turn, have their own set of identities that we most probably don't want to maintain ourselves, but just consume them, use them for communicating, for giving access to our systems. That would be then the, the third area that we should consider, right? Exactly. This is um, federation at the end. Um, and first of all, if you think about federation, it should improve your internal effort or minimize your internal effort uh, for onboarding or managing external identities. Um, but first of all, you have to integrate the external organization. So you need some onboarding processes here to uh, onboard a set of uh, identities to trust an external identity provider and its statements about identities. This is the first step. Usually uh, you have something like a sponsor here or a responsible person on side of uh, the external partner um, who is at the end responsible to allow new identities from the external source to access here. And then for sure, you need uh, the, the standard processes for uh, accesses, um, for policy management and things like that. But really mainly federation and very special part of uh, access management, you need to have the onboarding processes and then you can um, maintain those identities by the external partner. And this is uh, much more efficient than uh, integrate them into your, for instance, IGA uh, like we did that in the past. So create some external identity types uh, in an internal identity management system. Which also gets more and more difficult because of, of regulations of, and the protection of PII. So if they maintain their identities themselves, it's much better than us having to do that. Exactly. And uh, especially if um, the federated partner is responsible, you do not have to care about uh, the life cycle of the identity. Because if 
the, the external identity is leaving the external organization, he or she should also not have access to your organization anymore because its identity is disabled. Right, understood. So we have the three main pillars that we just thought of. First of all, IGA, then the protection of privileged accounts, and third, the consuming of third-party identities, access and federation. Uh, what else should we look at to get to a full picture of IAM process landscape? Um, for sure, we have the topic application onboarding. Um, I've mentioned it uh, with the IGA and PAM processes. Mainly, it's really about onboarding a new application into your IAM service portfolio or uh, into your identity fabric. So you need processes for onboarding. Maybe you create some kind of blueprints for typical authentication and authorization models, which types of user are allowed and things like that. This improves uh, the quality and the speed of onboarding a new application really a lot. Besides that, you also need something uh, to maintain uh, those applications. Maybe um, if the entitlement model is changing, uh, if responsible person for the application is changing, or some general processes change. And at the end, for sure, um, at one point in time, application will not be needed anymore. And then you need some kind of offboarding process too. Right. And I think um, just like IAM has changed over time as a whole, also the application onboarding has to adapt to the changing more hybrid environment. So application is no longer just the, uh, the one that is running in your own data center as a legacy app that's easy to implement and to talk to the application owner. You also have to think of software as a service applications provided from the cloud, hybrid applications, and even maybe applications as designed and defined and developed in a more agile environment. So these, um, yeah, DevOps, agile, containerized, um, modularized um, services that are provided. So application onboarding still and, and continuously is a challenging set of processes as well. So to sum it up, we have learned that, first of all, IAM um, processes need to be well integrated into the overall process framework of an organization, there into the cybersecurity and the business processes as well. So including SOD management, risk management, and the individual IGA process pillars that we talked about are then the challenge for the overall organization in the IAM field. Anything you want to add, Christopher, to, to this, this short summary? Did I miss something? <laughs> no, it was a very good summary. Um, at the end, um, the famous last words uh, is really think about it as an integrated approach. Don't think about uh, single pillars. Think about the overall thing. Think big. Right. And I think this think big is also of importance just to add one thought. We now have outlined a set of processes to think of. Also, and that is surely something for a different podcast episode as well, or for more than one, identify the right people to talk to, to define these processes. I think that is the next important step to really get these processes into a state that they are actually useful and feasible for an organization. Thank you very much, Christopher, for joining me today for this episode of the podcast. Thank you. You're welcome. Bye-bye.